Chapter 10 of An American in the Making, The Life Story of an Immigrant by Marcus Eli Ravage. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 10 Purifications No doubt this was proper pride, but in the month and a half that followed, I often had good reason to feel that the price I was made to pay for it was a trifle extortionate. I had come to New York in search of riches and adventure. Well, now, here at least was adventure a plenty, even if the riches were a bit scarce. To be sure, the adventures I had most craved were of quite another sort, but having neglected to specify in advance, it was not my place to complain against destiny when she chose to put the broad interpretation on my order and supplied me with an ample stock of all the varieties in her shop. All the same, I could not for the life of me see any fun in the thing, not at any rate while it lasted. Think of me as devoid of imagination all you please. The fact remains that, with the best intentions in the world, I never succeeded in tapping the romance of my experiences. Going without meals two-thirds of the time was just as dull as it could be. Tramping through the slushy, wind-swept streets while the rest of the world snuggled and snored under its warm covers was monstrously nasty, and the callousness, the indifference, the smugness of employers and acquaintances alike were both dull and nasty and soul-destroying to boot. No, I got precious little poetry out of my adventures, wisdom, perhaps, of the toughening kind. By the time my trials were over, I had ceased to be a boy. I had become a man with the disillusionment the wiliness, and I fear the cynicism of a man. I had thought that the first week preceding my peddling ventures had exhausted all America's possibilities of hardship and disheartening failure. But that was because I was a greenhorn, unversed in the ways of Columbus's land. It was only now that I was to get my American baptism that cleansing of the spirit by suffering which every one of us immigrants must pass through to prove himself worthy of his adoption. The population of Little Romania was made up of two classes, the greens and the yellows. They were not stationary castes. Every yellow had once been a green, and every green was striving and hoping to become a yellow some day but in order to effect this coveted change of color and class there was but one thing for the newcomer to do he must be purified purification that was what with telling aptness the east side called the period of struggle starvation and disappointment in america which was the lot of the green if a fellow townsman of mine chanced to ask my cousin and former landlady whether she had seen me and how I was getting on, 
she answered apathetically and as if it were only what one might expect oh he is bleaching out getting purified you know people who had known my family in vaslui would now and then pass me in the street or run into me in a tea-house and the dialogue that then ensued was after this fashion working no not yet hmm getting properly purified oh well wait until you are a yellow you'll be all right in america yet and my friend would suddenly discover that he had important business in hand and bid me a breathless good-bye happily i was not alone in my misery a large percentage of those who had come to america on foot were in a twofold sense in the same shoes as i was in spite of all the efforts of the newly formed rumanian american society to provide for the comfort and self-support of their compatriots the dingy hotels on the bowery were filled with them and the communal kitchen on broom street saw scores of such of them as were willing to submit to charity stand in line every day for their meal tickets the quotes, labor agencies did a thriving business by finding jobs for them somewhere in the south which however turned out exceedingly short-lived as those who managed to get back reported with the help of some of my fellow sufferers i picked up a variety of scraps of industrial information but my extreme youth and my unconquerable timidity prevented me from making any use of them there was asher gold for instance who for two entire weeks earned two fifty a day by replacing a certain boiler maker who had suddenly taken it into his head to refuse to work because he thought two fifty a day was not enough then there was the office on second avenue which sent people wherever they wanted to go and even got places for them but one had to know how to get friendly with its secretary and buy him a cigar or a dish of ice cream before one stood any chance of even getting inside yankel however came and told me that after spending thirty cents on that unapproachable gentleman the best that he offered to do for him was to send him to work in a mine at the other end of the country one of the objections that father had had in my going to america was that i was too young to be exposed to the dangers of a strange large city and at the time i had laughed at his fears but my enforced idleness i found was leading me into worse things than physical discomfort for one thing the persistent failure to find work has a curious effect on the mind the victim begins by doubting whether he can ever be employed and ends up fearing that he might i used to approach a prospective employer with a kind of sinking dread lest he should take me and in the morning as i set out on my daily round i would say devoutly i am going to look for a job lord prevent that i should find one in the solitude of the night 
while lingering in the shelter of a doorway i would take stock of my fix and steel my heart with resolution how long i would ask myself reproachfully can this state of affairs go on i cannot live without meals forever my shoes those traitor shoes from home will no longer keep out the snow sooner or later the folks in vaslui are bound to guess or hear why i am ignoring their requests for help and the more i put off getting a job the further recedes the realization of my ambition the coffee houses i frequented were a continual bait on the east side respectability mingled freely with the underworld these elegant resorts where well-dressed shopkeepers brought their bejeweled wives and treated them to fat suppers became toward midnight the haunts of the pickpocket and the street-walker every now and then a young gentleman with piercing restless eyes faultlessly attired in modish clothes high collar and patent leather boots generously invited me to share a bite with him and in the course of the meal painted me a dark picture of the fate of the fool who thought he could succeed in america with the antiquated notions he had brought with him from the old country if i really wanted to make money and bring my family to america he would show me how just as he had shown others it was quite easy and the partnership basis was half and half the landlord of the place made me a different proposal an ambitious young fellow could get a girl to support him he did not really have to marry her he would only pose as her husband in a pinch but as i was either too stupid or too scrupulous or too timid to avail myself of these opportunities i went on getting purified until the day came when i was left without the price of the indispensable world then once but just once i was sorely tempted to beg the penny of a likely-looking stranger only to be arrested by a paralyzing shame at the thought my parents did surely enough get wind of the actual state of things before long and the minute detail with which they wrote about it made me suspect that the guess had been inspired from this side during the first month after my arrival father never omitted to give me an account of the situation at home and to urge me to be saving because mother and he were only waiting for paul's discharge from the army to follow me to new york he suggested that i either put my money in the savings bank or purchase the steamer tickets one by one as funds accumulated that he felt was the surest way to avoid temptations of extravagance do not waste your resources he advised once on silly things like jewelry there will be time enough for luxuries later on at present your only thought should be for the reunion of us all i hope that we may be with you by easter your mother is not likely to stand your absence very much longer then followed solicitous warnings against the pitfalls of the city remember 
that the tavern-keeper loves the drunkard but never gives him his daughter for a wife yet now in spite of all my cheering prevarications father suddenly adopted an entirely new tone times had unaccountably changed for the better in vaslui grain was booming he could find use for my services in various ways it was a mistake as he had felt from the start to let me go away at all he and mother were getting too old to undertake such a lengthy journey besides harry had got a new place in constanza he was virtually the head salesman and he had it in his power to create a vacancy for me even aunt rebecca had repented of her unkindness she now was not only willing to have me in uncle pincus's store she was even ready to advance me the money for the return trip if i needed any i replied proudly that i wanted nobody's money or patronage it was true i wrote that thus far i had not succeeded in saving a great deal but that was because i could not yet speak english and had not learned a trade nevertheless i was amply capable of taking care of myself i was gradually making my way america was exactly as cosa had pictured it it was all right they need not worry in a consultation with my boyhood friend yankel i confessed that i was tempted to accept the offers from home i read him one of father's letters and it made his eyes and his mouth water my you are lucky he exclaimed his folks too it seemed had divined that all was not well with him but monish was a stern father and what he had written was something to this effect my dear son you have wanted fun very well be a man stick where you are and maybe you'll get it after all there is no milk and honey flowing here either yankel thought there was distance cooperating with hunger cast a glowing spell over the past and my friend falling into reminiscence summoned up a picture of home that set both our hearts aching he was thinking only the other day he said how jolly it would be to be back in vaslui at this very season just for a little while in this miserable new york one was losing track even of the calendar did i know that last week was the feast of the maccabees how could anyone know it in america in a land where every day was some kind of denatured holiday where you could eat sabbath twists on wednesday and matzahs on new year's the holidays themselves became meaningless and dull besides the little things that made the joy of a feast at home you could not get here at all the beeswax tapers and the dreidlach tops made of metal where were they how he wondered could they keep tabernacles in a tenement where was the yard to put up the structure where was the brook with the rushes growing on its banks to make the roof out of and the feast of weeks you could not celebrate that without fresh green twigs 
there was no spring on rivington street there was not even any real cow's cheese to make the prescribed pastries with and now purim was coming back there the boys who had not been such fools as to walk to america were getting the costumes ready to re-enact for the thousandth time the mask of joseph and pharaoh and the spectacle of esther and ahasveros velvetzinus was probably at that very moment climbing up into the garret and unearthing his mother's old purple wrapper which in another week would be turned into the royal robe of the king of medes and the persians while the handy yosel bailis was undoubtedly neglecting his father's shop on the ring and designing a cardboard sword for his majesty and a colored paper headdress for esther the queen now that i was in exile it would be interesting to know who was composing the words and coaching the performers every mother in town was now breaking walnuts by the thousand and crushing the kernels in the big brass mortar and making them into crisp strudels that crumble in your mouth whole jars of plum butter were being emptied into a maple bowl and put in small dabs into the three-cornered hamen pockets and every youngster who is not too awkward to be entrusted with fine glassware will soon be going about delivering gifts of confectionery and red wine to his parents relatives and friends in accordance with the injunction contained at the end of the book of esther did i remember how last year he and i decided to depart from the traditional masks and to make the gang sit up and take notice by pulling off an entirely new stunt how we stole into the parlor of his house and ransacked his eldest brother's cabinet until we found the two pistols that judah always carried with him when he went about the country and how i found difficulty in cocking the larger one so that he tried it with all his might and the trigger flew back with a deafening noise happily all the windows were shut and no one heard it and he thought he had shot me and made a careful examination of my person which resulted in the discovery that he had merely blown away half the left skirt of my new coat and i had to go about the rest of that saturday with my left hand in my breeches pocket to cover up the disaster and that evening insisted on putting my sabbath costume into the clothes chest myself and on the following saturday raised an unblushing cry that the rats had got into my things four weeks after purim was the feast of matzahs and although this was only midwinter there must already be a partial note in the air of vaslui the fatted geese were being killed to furnish forth the shortening for the glorious rich puddings and the fat for the fried matzahs and the innumerable pancakes he could almost see in his mind's eye the cheerful activity early in the morning his little brother was driving the team with the roan down to the butchers a dozen or so of the heavy snow-white birds lying with their feet tied in the back of the cart
as soon as he returned his mother and sisters flew into their aprons and proceeded to fill two separate sacks with feathers and down which were to be turned later into cushions important additions to the girl's trousseau then the carcasses were dressed and hung in the chimney to be cured into pastrami and for the rest of the month an unending succession of palatable goose-liver patties and dumplings created out of the driblets and giblets ah that week before passover was there anything in america with all her wealth and freedom to match that particularly if one was a boy who could enumerate all its joys even from this appalling distance the busy hum of house-cleaning the bringing in of the huge bale of crisp new unleavened cakes the putting up of the all year's dishes and the unpacking of the holiday dishes out of the box where they had remained since the last time the rediscovery of half-forgotten pet cups and glasses the cleansing with red-hot stones and scalding water of the silverware a task always performed by the boys in a pit dug somewhere in the back yard the shaking out of all pockets lest a crumb of leavened bread should in inadvertently undo an entire month's work the last meal at noon on the day before the festive week which must be eaten out of doors the ceremonial sweeping away of the last traces of non-partial food and lastly the brief service at the temple attended only by father and sons the welcoming by the women folks dressed in spotless white the very lengthy home service alternating with the courses of the banquet the symbolism of the four questions the invitation to the poor and hungry and the glass for elijah yankel smacked his lips and sighed as he pictured it all he found a romantic word even for the heathen customs of the peasantry and discovered a hitherto unseen bright side in the very tyranny of the rumanian government he recalled that we had just recently left behind the first of january and reminded me of the huge ice cross which always appeared on that morning in the principal square of vaslui to which the peasants bowed and kneeled when they came in from the country while the regimental band played beautiful solemn airs the christian easter if it did not come at the same time as the passover was almost like a feast of our own to be sure we were not allowed to eat the colored eggs but we could still play touch with them and as for the cake called kozenak no amount of prohibition sufficed to prevent us from sharing it with our young neighbors was not the search for the cross in the churchyards on the night before easter a beautiful ceremony after all and the joyous ringing of bells when it was at last found by the priest who had hidden it and the easter swing which even our mothers enjoyed riding in he used to resent it bitterly when the police came and closed our private schools in midsummer but now as he looked back to it 
he could see that it was really a kindness at least to us boys it enabled us to enjoy the adventure of being taught secretly in his father's or my father's shed and what is more the lessons had necessarily to be shortened which gave us time to go swimming and to take the calf out to pasture so yankel advised me not to be a fool a second time and take a good thing when it was offered me i was debating whether he was right and asking myself whether after living in the large world for a little time i could again feel at home in a place which had no street cars when suddenly it was now the last week in january my nightmare cleared and i got my first job for that thanks to Cosa. Cosa had hitherto shown no inclination to interest himself in my behalf in spite of the fact that it was his preaching and example that had brought me to new york when however word reached him of my purifications his heart was touched and within a day or two he left word at my old rivington street address that he had found me a place in a bar-room on division street i have since that day received telegrams notifying me of university appointments and i have been very glad to get them too but no message of that kind has ever since struck me dumb with joy the news of that first job back in 1901 did end of chapter 10